Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, so if you're interested in even more of me, you might want to head over and get my free workbook. And if you've already got that, make sure you subscribe because my emails every week are straight up truth and soul. Don't miss out. All right. So today on the show, we have Erin Graham. She's a freelance hairstylist, educator, and consultant based in Chicago and working everywhere. I've actually wanted to have Erin on the show for a while and, you know, life happens. So Erin, thank you for making the time and joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like we met one time briefly when you were walking with Jen in the West Loop of Glow Out. And I'm like, she's so cool. I started following you. And uh, so, yeah, so it's cool to like talk to you. Oh, I might. You too. I feel like I sort of kind of know you just from listening to your podcast. And so it's like when we initially started talking, it's like, oh, hey, I feel like I like skipped the formalities because I feel like when you listen to people's podcasts, you like sort of know them already and you're friends. And then I forget that like, oh, we just kind of met in passing once. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk to you because I know I, I, since following along on your journey a little bit, I feel like you're just a very introspective person and you journal and you, there's like so much to me, like depth to you. So I'm excited to like have this conversation about, you know, just like embracing the in-between of like where we're at right now and life. And I just feel like you're going to have a really cool perspective. So thank you for taking the time and Tell us what's been going on with you. Well, I mean, I am kind of in this crazy place. I mean, everyone is, but being in the beauty industry and being an independent contractor. So I freelance. I've been freelancing for the last about 11 years. I moved to Chicago from Kansas post hair school. Um, I got my degree in painting actually before I went to hair school and then just kind of like fell into hair, fell in love with it moved to Chicago. And then shortly after um, going through my apprenticeship and getting on the floor, I decided to start freelancing because moving from Kansas to the big city, I was like, I want to do the fun stuff and the photo shoots and all of that. So I started freelancing and that kind of threw me or got me just like I fell into the bridal world. And so at this point now, I do about 60 weddings a year. And this was the first year that I had like Friday, Saturday, Sunday booked like before pandemic. And so I was like rolling into the year, like finally all my hard work's paid off. And I started my own podcast back in January as just like a passion project, like nothing, just something fun on the side I could do to kind of, you know, just change things up. And then it was like, oh my gosh, all my weddings postponed almost. Like I've moved 47 and like nine have canceled. And so it's just shifting gears, you know, we're all just kind of having to pivot. And I think at first it was, oh, this is going to be like two weeks, maybe a month, you know, we don't really know. And then once kind of all the phases came out, it was like, all right. And so then it was just kind of having to handle all those brides postponing and getting, you know, policies in place that none of us had in place before. And then now it's, 
new brides, I'm kind of booking in baby weddings, backyard weddings, micro weddings, they're calling them. And that's been kind of saving the day. Production work has gotten back into the, you know, full swing. Cause I think, you know, they don't know if we're going to close down again. So everyone that's shooting is like, we've got to get in, you know, they're shooting Christmas stuff. Now they're getting as much stuff in. So I feel like in the production world, like I'm starting to get busy back there, but everything is just different. You know, it's just this different kind of space that we're all kind of having to get used to. And that navigating that is definitely interesting because you're seeing everyone's different perspectives and, um, everyone's pain points are different. So I think it's it's been f- like nice to get back to feeling like there's some semblance of normal and that distraction around other people. You're not just sitting there in, with, within yourself. But a lot's changed. We have to acknowledge that over the course of the last, at least the months that we were all like really quarantining, everyone was home. I think there were a lot of breakthroughs and aha moments and changes and, you know, transformations that people were going through. And so now it's just like the integration phase, I feel like, and kind of letting go and surrendering what was and kind of accepting what this newness looks like and remembering how we can bring joy and peace and happiness to the world when we choose to go out into it instead of like, I love Tabitha Brown. Um, she's on kind of TikTok, Instagram, and she's this vegan that just the best personality bubbly. And she talks about real things, but she's always like, if you can't make the world a better place, like don't go out there making it worse. So keep kind of keep your drama and your negativity in your own bubble, handle it, deal with it. But don't go out there ruining anyone else's day. Like do your best to make the world a better place when you step into it. And I think that is something we can all kind of like jump onto because like we are the only ones that have the control to do that in our little worlds, you know, especially when we're not seeing anybody. It's like, oh, like if I'm going to have a good day, it's really up to me when you're all alone and it's just you. So I feel like, yeah, that was a really giant nutshell a long-winded answer of where I'm at kind of right now, just the in-between. Yeah, no, totally the in-between. And something that's come up for me that like I've kind of come back to, which I'd love your take on, is this idea that we've all thought we had control of our life and our plan and our paths. And, you know, like sometimes in life, you know, previous to the pandemic, it's like we learned that like some of us have learned like, oh my God, I have a plan for my life. And then it like, look where it takes me. And like, holy shit, I didn't actually Mm -hmm. have any control. And I think that for some people, and even when you've had experiences like this, like in the past, like this pandemic kind of brings that to the forefront of like, we really aren't in control. We've gone through the motions of being like, this is my business. This is how I run it. This is how I, this is how I do all this stuff. But then at the end of the day, like so much of it is out of our control. And I think for some of us, there's like a surrender that's more effortless than other people. And I feel like from being behind the chair, there are people that are coming in that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can tell that this person is like freaking the fuck out because they mm-hmm. have no control over their life. And they've been at Pilates every Saturday. They've been, they've got their, they've got their safari planned. Their life is gone as exactly as they planned. And this for some people could be the first time that, that life really shot them their plans to shit and mm-hmm. for other people it's like it's happened before so it's like you know it's kind of a little less shocking but like what would you say people can be doing because I know that 
I've seen that come up and it's come up for me like, holy shit, I thought I had it all Mm -hmm. under control, but really none. Oh yeah. I mean, I felt the same way. Like I, I dance with depression and anxiety. I have my entire life and I had not really had anything come back up. Like I hadn't really had any, that any even anxious vibes in my body for months before the pandemic. And I hadn't really had a depression, a depressive episode that lasted longer than a couple of days for like two years before this. And I remember I was, cause I was recording my podcast too. I literally launched my podcast the week before we closed everything down. So March 11th wow. and it was like cool beans. And I had all these people, you know, already pre set up to, to mm-hmm. go and record. So I had like kind of batch my recordings, but then after that batch was done, it was like, impossible getting anyone on. And then I was like, okay, well, do I just do my own thing? And so I was like trying to pivot. And like I said at first, like the whole point of it was just to be organic and go with the flow. It wasn't to make money, nothing, just to kind of have a, like a different creative outlet. And then it kind of turned into this completely different thing. And I remember talking on one of my first episodes, um, we were like, yeah, you know, we've experienced a lot of trauma. So we feel like a lot of people are freaking out right now. And I feel like I'm like, I can do this. I can, I'm equipped, you know, like I've been through all of this. So it doesn't feel that shocking. But then it was like (laughs) two months of that, you know, mine didn't really hit me till like mid June. It was more when everything started going, people started going back to work. When everyone was off and things had to be chill and quiet, it was like my, I was, my morning rituals were happening. You know, I was, going through all of the things that I needed to do to like keep my mental health on check. I was moving my body. I was eating well. I was so much quiet time. I was reading all the books that I've been wanting to read. And then once it was like, okay, let's try to go back to normal. I think that energy was what really moved me in a different way. That was like, because everybody's kind of approaching going back into the world differently, you know, and we live in a big city. So I feel like you see it all. You see people who don't care at all. And then you see, you know, and then we're in the beauty profession. So we are sitting less than a foot away from people. So we have to be super careful and we're kind of more, um, what's the word? Like we're just closer to the rules and the regulations and the disinfecting. So we're just kind of really aware of transmission and all of that stuff. And so for me, it was like, going back into the world and just seeing humans kind of not care about other humans really is what hit me the hardest. And like, that's when the triggers I feel like came back. So I feel like, like the humble train doesn't miss any of us. Like you were saying, like we've been, if you've been through it, then you can, you have so much more empathy and space to hold whatever's happening now. And if you haven't, it's like, I look at folks that I'm jealous of sometimes because their life seems so incredible. And then I have to also remind myself that like, do I want that to hit me later in life? Or like, am I glad that it kind of happened young to me younger and I was able to like develop some tools and, and have some, have something to kind of like a foundation to now help me through this. Cause now that I am experiencing or was experiencing kind of this trigger, this reminder of like what that depression can look like and what that sadness can look like. And that feeling of like feeling like hopeless within humanity and then seeing folks that have not experienced it at all, go through that with no tools. And that's almost triggering to people who have gone through stuff too, because you're seeing them firsthand. And if they're close in your life, like when we do hair, like you're literally sucking up their energy, they're sucking up yours. I feel like there's that 
that uh, transfer of energy that happens when we have clients that are really struggling, struggling, excuse me, emotionally (laughs) um, right now. It's, you can almost feel that vibration in them. And then they leave and you're like, why am I stressed out? Like, why am I feeling like I'm pulsating, you know? And sometimes I have to go and like wash my hands, go for a walk because that energy is like super real between them. And so I feel like it's, we all have to just become so much more aware of that's what we are carrying with us. Like what we walk in the door with, what energy are we bringing to the room? And if it's not going to be, and I hate to say, I don't want it to be like, if you're, you know, not in a good space, like good vibes only, you can't be around me. Like, no, because I think that's like toxic positivity. And I like, can't, and I'm like, no, people are real. They have emotions. It's just, how do we walk through the world with this energy that we're carrying right now? And for me, I know that like grounding myself, like sitting, literally going in my yard, putting my feet in the grass, grounding myself for 20 minutes. Cause it's like scientifically proven to redistribute like the energy in your body I'm not a scientist, so I'm like, Google it. I promise. It sounds legit Um, to me. But, you know, it's like that going and grounding and um, meditating, writing in my journal and moving my body in some way, like whether it's yoga, uh, just some stretches, something easy, walk around the block, but somehow just getting that like energy moving through my body. Um, I feel like that is what anything that's crusty that's sitting around that's just not going to serve the world around me, I feel like is able to kind of move through me and it doesn't have to come out in a negative way. You know, it's just like taking, taking the time to just not be stagnant and letting that energy build up in our bodies. So whatever that is. And so I think that's what we all have to be just doing right now because acting like it doesn't exist or we're crazy for having it or whatever else is not going to serve anyone, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard this quote and I don't know it off the top of my head. So if you do jump in, but it's like something about how, like when you focus on the past, it's like you live in, I don't know if it's like uh, depression or something. And if you live, if you focus on the future, then you're in anxiety or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, and I found myself in life and in different like things that my family's going through right now. If I get too far down the road right now, it is like mind fuck city. Yeah. But if I stay in the moment and I'm just like, oh my God, there's like the sun's out, like I'm getting to be with people I enjoy. It's like so much easier to like find the little things in the moment. And really like we worry so much, but we don't know what's going to happen. And so like, I feel like to piggyback on what you're saying, like, like the grounding, all that stuff, just like being in the moment more as hard as it is, I feel like it is a practice. And it's like that journaling, even in my journal today, I wrote something like, like stay in the moment and like enjoy the moment because it's like when you get too far down the road, that's when I think I start to lose it. Like, what if this never opens up again? Am I going to keep my salon? Like, or just like other stuff. It's just like, you can kind of start to feel yourself going down this rabbit hole and it's like this like rolling ball. And it's like, wait, I got to just stay where my feet are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, it's, there's, when you, when people are dealing with like clinical issues where it's like chemically in your body, things are happening. Um, I feel like it's not as easy as just like, let's just think of something nice. And I think that's why we Uh have to have so many tools in our tool belt. And we have to like, for me, I have to kind of have, because I choose not to be on medication because it makes me a zombie and I'm just like, this is worse, but I still have to actively 
do things on the regular every single day, like taking medication. And like, that's how I have to remind myself because it's what keeps these things rolling. And the days that I don't want to, that's when I have these tools in my back pocket of like, I have two people super close to me that are like accountability partners and I can literally call them and be like, read my list. And like, it'll, they'll go through a list of just like 10 things that I can do that because some days I'll wake up and I feel like that's when the clinical side kicks in where Mm -hmm. it's like I can't remember those things like I don't all the things that logically I know I I can do to make myself feel better don't come you know it's like when someone asks you what you want for dinner and you don't care it's like you're like I can't think of one thing I cannot think of one thing and that's sometimes what often happens to me and what I've learned through therapy and, you know, just all the, all the things of trial and error for me personally, having that list and giving it to people I trust, I literally will call and say, just tell me a couple things. And it's like, drink a glass of water and go for a walk. And I'm like, of course, those are the things, but I can have it sitting on a list by my bed. And I don't remember to go look at that thing or, you know, where did I put that list? And so then it brings people into my life that actually care. And that conversation is able to be had. And these are people that are on that level that will say like, what did you do to take care of yourself today? What, you know, and I think that for me, somebody who can isolate really easily and because we've had mm-hmm. to isolate and I'm single, I'm, I'm a mom, you know, but my daughter goes to her dad's three days a week. So those three days that I'm alone, especially during the pandemic, it was like super, I mean, we're still in a pandemic. People are saying we're out of yeah. it, but it's like, no, when we were in quarantine, uh, it was definitely odd to be alone for that many days in a row and where my brain was going and all these places. And then you get freaked out because you're having these thoughts or you feel shameful because, you know, you're like, I'm, I have everything taken care of. I'm good. It could be worse. Da, da, da. It's like you need somebody in your corner that isn't like someone you're paying, like a therapist and isn't, you know, someone that really knows you and genuinely cares about you. And like our friends want to be there for us. It's just that we kind of, push them away because we feel like they don't want to deal with our stuff because of the whole good vibes only. No one wants to hear your crap. When your close friends do, they really want to be there for you. And that's what I learned. The biggest takeaway for me during quarantine was getting those one or two people because when I started to slip and I couldn't remember how to stay present, they like saved me and it kept me from going like a month, you know, down the rabbit hole. Like you said, like we can just spiral. And especially if you're single, you can be at home for a week and a half and no one even knows, no one even called you, you know, or no one asked where you were because we were all stuck at home. So it just felt like so alone. And so I feel like that's my other kind of thing is just finding somebody that can be your accountability partner, that it's no bullshit. It's not like the friend that will always agree with you. And it's not like the friend that I was always needing of you. It's just the friend that will kind of hold you accountable and say like, they know your goals, they know what you want. And they know that you want to focus on your mental health or you want to focus whatever, and they can be there for you. And so I think when you're feeling really good, make those lists, like set up those kind of fail safes so that when you start to feel those ways, you kind of have tools already set up. I love that because I, I feel like for me, that's something that has been really transformative in my life is being able to actually realize that you've kind of cultivated friendships where you're the giver and that you don't actually have a lot of reciprocal friendships and then changing that 
And then now realizing that truth, strength lies in being able to receive. And it's mm-hmm. something I still struggle with, you know, like so hard. even, even like this weekend, I'm like, you know, like my sister's having a baby shower for me. And I'm like, ah, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And she's like, I want to do this for you. And it's like, there's a, there's a ability to receive from people is really strength. Cause there's, there's like a fake bravado strength to being the person that's always giving, but it's like, why don't you, why, why isn't your self-worth at a place where you can allow people to show up for you? Mm-hmm. And know, so that's that been means, huge for me. That one's a tricky one. Cause it's like, why don't I feel like I deserve to have a nice house or why don't I feel like I deserve to have you know, friends that are supportive and are, you're like, cause people are always like, you know, you need your, your, uh, what is it? Like your hype crew, you know, if your friends aren't hyping you up, like what are they doing? And I think that definitely, I feel like I've had some friendships where it seems like there's, if there's a more of a competition thing there, you know? And I'm like, yeah. I don't want that at all. Like, and I think it's just cause it's more industry friends, you know, where you're like, yeah, we got to find the right even, ones. Yeah. No, I love that. And like realizing that, um, yeah, like being able to ask for help, like you have to be a hump, like you said, the humble train, it's like humbling yourself and and allowing yourself to, to, to say, I need help is like so huge. And, you know, like all those rituals and things like that. I know I followed you for a while and you have that, I believe you've done some journaling through like the holistic what yeah, yeah, the holistic Tell psychologist. Me about that. Yeah, so I she, love her. I love her too. Um, she, I found her a couple of years ago when she was like just kind of starting out, and I. That's when I was really um, going through. I was in a boating accident about four years ago, and that really kind of like shook my ground in terms of what, like, just knowing that your life was like that close to being over. I think it just really it shook my every foundation of me. And it took a lot to like rebuild. And like, there was a lot of questions of like, who am I? What do I believe in all the, and I think a lot of who I was like really shifted during that time. And that's when I got heavy into therapy. And I just was trying to figure myself out because I had people around me being like, Oh, just get on medication. Like you don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to be burnt out, whatever. And I was like, no, I want to figure this out. And I know it's just going to take time. And so my therapist kind of recommended, she's like, just get rid of the IG like perfect model. Cause I'm in the beauty industry. So it's like my mm-hmm. personal hair page is very model and beauty industry driven. And then my personal page is all my friends and stuff like that. But somehow they kind of started intertwining and I noticed when it would be just not feeling good getting on it. And so we were like, okay, every day I'm going to take time and just delete people anytime. It doesn't make me feel good or I'll mute it or block it, whatever. Um, and so, and then I flip-flopped everything and just went and started like hyper following like wellness therapy. Um, I'm very heavy into like civil rights and, um, social justice. So like I started following all of those folks and just really, filling my feed. And so now anytime something comes up that it just invokes that it's a weird feeling in my, I'm just like, Nope, I'll mute it. You know? Cause I just, I don't want to see that. And I swear to God, my social media experience is night and day now compared to what it used to be. Now, when I get on social media, I leave, I get off feeling so good and filled up and empowered and like, yes, let's do this day. And that was like completely opposite. And 
her specifically, um, it's Dr. Nicola Pera. She's known as the holistic psychologist. She actually just wrote a book and it's not out yet, but it's out for pre-sale. And I think it's called How to Do the Work. And it's just, she just kind of offered her services for free on Instagram, like every single day, a post. And it wasn't just here's something that it was all psychology based, you know? So it's like, oh, these are what triggers are. And this is what good self-care is, is what bad self-care is. This is what, um, you know, toxic positivity looks like. This is what narcissism in a family. And it just kind of, she gave, gives you all these details, but then she tells you about her life and her going through all of that. So it's super relatable. And then she started a thing called self healers and it's like a group therapy thing um, that she started. And I joined that as like a founding member. And so just doing all of that has, it's just changed just everything in me, just like taking that time to work on my mental health and know more about myself and knowing that journaling is something that physiologically um, changes the cells in our body. And I always, I always say that, but I'm just like, just Google it. I swear it's a science. It's real. Um, but she, it's like keeping one small promise to yourself every day is how you learn to trust yourself. And that's how you learn to have confidence in yourself. And that's how you learn to really love yourself. And it all, it's all of us, we're all reparenting ourselves. We have this inner child, no matter small trauma or large trauma, just because, you know, no one did something super duper awful to you as a child doesn't mean you didn't experience trauma. And so it's, are these, you know, inner child that, needs kind of an inner parent now and we have to learn how to reparent ourselves and we have to understand that our parents were doing the best they could with what they had at the time and now we are the ones responsible for how we move forward in our lives and what we we take account accountability and knowing that and she helped me with with the future self journaling specifically is what it is is it's it's set up specifically each question that it accesses a different part of your brain. And so you are like firing up these different parts of your brain with the answers to each question and you're rewiring your brain. And when I learned that I could rewire my brain, I was like, what? Like just total explosion. The fact that I don't have to be anxious forever. I don't have to have you know, this, these deep depression spirals forever. It's just our brains create grooves as we learn, as we, as we kind of are born into a world we didn't ask to come into. Right. And like, we are thrown into wherever our parents or caregivers were at the time and dealing with everything. And then we just grow up to be these little adults that are actually these like grown up kids. And we're like, wait, I can actually have control over things that were given to me. And that allowed me to let go of some of the uh, shame and feeling like things were my fault. Like things just happened to me and I just did what I, the best I could at the time. And now that I know better, I want to do better. And I want to be surrounded by folks that want to do better. And I want what I read and what I listen to, to nourish that now. And so it's just learning that and taking away that, um, the guilt of anything being your fault, really. Like the only thing that's my fault now is like what I choose to do with how I move forward. And so I don't know. I think if I, when I was younger, um, it was more like I'm, I'm bad or wrong for these things that had happened to me, but because you're made to think that they're your fault. And mm -hmm. once we realize that like none of that was our fault, what is our 
control now is we can rewire those parts of our brain and we can do that with things like journaling and yoga and um, meditation. And so it's just about, you know, committing to them, especially when we don't want to. And I think that's what's been best for me because I'm on like day 200 and something now. And I've been doing it for over a year. So I haven't been, you know, I've had bits and pieces where I wasn't super consistent. Um, but I, I 100% notice a change in just the movement of my day, the flow of my day, how I choose to eat, how I choose to speak to people. Um, what I just choose to do with my day is lighter and airier um, when I take time to do those rituals for myself in the morning. And for me, it's pulling a card, uh, meditating, and journaling. And that journaling, um, like I said, those questions are specific. That's why the future self journaling is what I like to do the most is because they're specific to help you really rewire your brain without you knowing it. So in the beginning, people were like, what did you write? Like, how did you, like, how did you, they just get to in their head? Like, what do I got to say? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, literally just answer the question. Let it just be the same old thing all the time, but then it'll start to flow. And then afterwards, my therapist was like, now start free writing after you do the future self journaling part start just free writing, let it just go. And that's when I will just flow and flow and flow. And before you know it, you've kind of like got yourself into this place where of understanding or maybe you just needed to empty the bucket that day, you know? And I think, so that's the most important takeaway I feel like is just remembering what really gives you those feelings and feeling worthy enough to receive that. I'm like, why don't I want to like on the chunks of time where I'm not doing my journaling in the morning and I almost feel this resistance, like I know in my head I want to do it, but, and I think about it, so my conscious self could say, okay, go do it, but then it's like, no, mm -mm, and I walk away from it. I I do this knowing that my day is going to not feel as light, like I mentioned, but then at the same time, it's like, why don't I feel worthy enough to receive that? And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I'm just like, you know, and everyone's like, you think about it too much. You think, you know, and my therapist is like, okay, another thing to start thinking about, like, and to bring up. But really, when we, when we kind of feel resistance t towards our rituals and we, we don't do them, it's like, why, why don't we, why don't we want to give ourselves that, that gift? And I think that reframing in my mind is like, I have to just constantly take that time. I, the holistic psychologist. So I think another thing I love her for is that she sends text messages and you get kind of these little bit bits and pieces every night. And this one is just perfect. So I can like end on this because I know yeah. I could talk about this forever, but no, I she love says, it. I love it. <laughs> she's like, your habit self is the self on autopilot. The self acting out of the past in the, is in the present. Or wait, no, I'm sorry. Jeez, I just botched that. Your habit self is the self on autopilot, the self acting out of the past in the present. Your conscious self has possibility in every new moment. And I think that is like kind of where I have to focus now is that when I feel that resistance from wanting to do my ritual, it's asking, why do I not feel worthy to receive this? I am worthy to receive this and then get my freaking ass outside and do my journaling, you know? Um, yeah. But taking that time and that con to be conscious. And I think that when the habit self feels the resistance, then the habit self walks away. And I have to kind of start to identify as like, do I want to be habit self? Do I want to be conscious self? And that's, you know, well, yeah. an everyday and constant I journey. Yeah. And, and the thing that I think is like, there's like so many takeaways from what you just said, but the last takeaway is like, we've kind of gotten our routines kind of 
hijacked by what's going on in the world. And we've all gotten an opportunity to kind of do things differently and be like, okay, I want to get intentional because that's blown me away in the last three years that people that I so admire are intentionally living their lives. Like, I don't know a single Mm -hmm. person I admire right now that uh, doesn't have a ton of intentionality. And I think I was one of those people with my, before not even knowing I was rewiring my brain, but that I thought things were the way they were. And I think I wasn't, I feel, I remember just being like, well, that's just how it is, Pam, you know, I'm just kind of like going about my way very self-righteously. And like in the rewiring process that, you know, at times I didn't even know was taking place. I've been able to like, kind of look back and be like, I remember when that person would talk and they would talk like so much was possible. And I would just be like, wow, that's like, like almost just like my head cocked to the side. Like, wow, that sounds really cool in your world. Not my world, but Mm -hmm. I remember just like that resistance I felt, but I think that you're so hitting the nail on the head with like, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you build self-worth or what do you do when you don't, when you don't feel like you were worthy? And it's like what you said, if I could just bottle that up and use it anytime someone asks me, I would love to, because it is tiny promises to yourself. Like if you say you're not going to drink today and you keep that promise to yourself, because that's what's going to be healthy for you. And you, and and you do that. It's like, Oh my God, you just put a little bit in your worth tank. And then Mm -hmm. the next day it's like, and like, I'm with you with the journaling. Like I started doing the Danielle Laporte journal like three years ago. Yeah. She's so cool. I love Canadians. Anytime I can shout out a Canadian and, um, she, she has this journal and it's got a lot of prompts in it. And, um, when I go back to three years ago, when I started it, it was cause it's like a planner journal. You can make it very like analytical. So I'd Mm -hmm. be like, do the things I'm going to do. And I kind of use it like a planner and I can see my, my growth in the standpoint of like how I can just like make, make, make up what I want to write now. And it doesn't have to necessarily, I don't have to follow the rules or be like, when it says schedule, it can be like your emotional schedule. It doesn't need to be so tangible. And, uh, I don't know. I just think it's cool to like, like you said, like to watch the trajectory of doing it. Cause I'm, I can look back and like, all of them were kind of the same, but then when you look back over a year or whatever, and you're like, Oh my God, I used to just write, spend more time with family. And then now it's like, Oh my God, Seriously? Be the moment. Yeah. yeah. Like now it's like be in the moment with my sister and like, go do this. And, and like, it's just like to enjoy and like, and it's got so much more life to it. But if I hadn't started writing down like, like three years ago, I wouldn't be able to, to speak or into my journal the way I do now. So I think that's such cool advice. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you're able to see it manifest then. And you're able to see that. I know that like Oprah on her super soul stuff, she, they talked to like happiness and the, the science behind happiness and gratitude and all of that. And how, when you really focus, and I think that changed for me with my gratitude journaling, because part of uh, future self journaling, there's a gratitude portion and okay. I would just kind of be kind of generic with it. And I can't remember who she had on talking about it, but he was like, be as specific as you can, like the smell of the air, the feel of your skin or an experience that you had that specific day. And what that does in the rustling inside of you, of your like your feelings, it's night and day because then I think because you start to really focus on what is important. I'm not just grateful for my daughter, but I'm grateful that she jumped into my bed in the morning and we had like 30 minutes of her falling asleep on my my chest and me scratching her back. And you 
your brain doesn't know when it's a real experience or a fake one. So you can just make it up in your brain and you will have that sensation again. So that's another trick for people that, you know, dance with depression or anxiety or anything that kind of debilitates you sometimes. It's, you can trick. And once you realize that like, there's the two sides of your brain, there's the one that's observing and then there's that habit one, you can, the one that's observing can be like, listen, biatch, like not today. And here's the tools in my tool belt. And one of them is like literally visualizing and pretending. And so when we take this time in our journals to get really specific about what we're grateful for, like on a cellular level, it's like, I can go back to any day and whip open my journal and read it and it will give me goosebumps again. I'm freaking tr tricking my brain. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what was, a, what was I upset about? What was that thing that I don't even know? You know, it's like so much serotonin is now swooshing through my brain that it's like, okay, I'm good. And so the, the part of the journaling and the gratitude, like we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that and I wouldn't have that kind of depth. You know, I think that, we can go about the motions all we want. And I've done that for so long. And I did that for so long where it's like, but this is supposed to feel better and deeper and richer. And we can't have that without that intentionality, like you mentioned. And that I think is, was huge for me. Cause I'm like, why you shouldn't have to think about it. You should just be able to do it. It should just be instinctual. It's like, no, yeah. you have to live with intention. You have to wake up every day with a purpose. And that purpose can be to have a bed day because you need to rejuvenate. For me, if I have a full-on bed day that I don't leave my bed all day, the next like week, I'm like turbocharged. But when I have oh, like- I've never done that. See, and like I didn't used to, but like after <laughs> having a child, I was like, there's some days where you're like, I just see you later. But I realized when I did that like full, and that's like, you know, when she's at her dad's, yeah, I yeah. can like, full day. And then the next week I'm like, so like, I want to do all the things. But when I just give myself like little naps throughout the week or little downtime, I, it seems like it, that kind of like is more spread out as far, you know, it's not as like, yeah. it's not as like turbocharged. Like I have all this. So it's like, for me, that's like another good thing is like, if I just take a full on day, we're kind of like take away all the stimulation and just give myself some chill time then I feel fully recharged and that's just trial and error learning that <laughs> like, yeah, oh, like that works. What, and then, yeah. Like what works you know. for you? Yeah. So yeah. yeah I so just, where can, where can people find you? Because I, I've, I love following you and I've been so curious about your journaling. So you've, I'm like, I want to do that now. So where can people kind of keep up with you? Yeah. People can just keep up with me at my personal Instagram. It's just Aaron M for Michelle and then Graham, like the cracker. And yeah, I'm there. And then you can kind of see on my profile there, like the podcast is linked in that too. Um, but yeah, I've kind of been a little quieter this summer. Just things have been so weird and I felt a little... I'm usually like super active on Instagram and I kind of just felt a little like what is happening. So I've just like, oh, totally like escaped a little bit, but I'm coming back to the Instagram world and I do want to connect with people. I'm getting my podcast back on the roll and kind of took a little break from that for a month. And so, yeah, let's just connect and support each other. I love that. Well, thank you for your time today because I, I really got a lot out of it. Absolutely. I appreciate you for thinking of me and having me.